from Reminder Media, this is Stay Paid, a sales and marketing podcast on a mission to help you close more deals and retain more business. Hosted by the VP of Marketing, Josh Stake, and Reminder Media's president, Luke Akery. So get ready to hear the golden nuggets that will allow you to live a life of freedom tomorrow, but only if you take action today. Welcome to Stay Paid, Luke. The best sales and marketing podcast. The right? only. The as far only as I'm sales concerned. and marketing podcast. I tell you podcast. what, we got a review recently. I'm going to tease it on this podcast because I'm not sure when the... It was more like a novel, which made me... I should I should split it up into yeah, a you couple. Should, yeah, it's a couple right, here reviews. we go. I'm gonna, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm not sure if this podcast is going to come out before the one where I read the whole review or not because our, our scheduling is a little bit weird. But... Yep. I'm going to pull one thing out of this uh, review because I yes. thought it was cool. And you'll hear the whole review on our interview with David DeSell. So make sure to go search that one out and check that out. This one says that Luke and Josh should write a book using the excerpts of their top 15 episodes based on the subject matter. What do you think about I'm that? I'm really one? blushing right now. And if my mom ready? heard that someone said that I should write a book, I don't know if she would be proud or laugh. I don't, I don't know what she would do. <laughs> I told you guys a story, I think, before my mom told me that I should get a certificate. Instead of going to, to college. And she wasn't meaning it offensive at all. She was really trying to be nice, be obviously, nice. And, and direct my life. But yeah. <laughs> well, we do have an amazing guest today here on this podcast, of which I'm sure we will get much book material out of. His name is Randy Dickinson. He's a marketing expert and consultant who runs bullseye.com a marketing company specializing in web design and copy, lead gen strategies, and email campaigns. I'm sure there's some of our listeners who have heard of uh, the book uh, brand, uh, Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. Mm-hmm. Randy actually received his certification as a story brand guide back in 2008, so just last year. So we're going to walk through a little bit of what that framework is today and then talk about what Randy calls Beyond Story Brand. Randy, welcome to the podcast. I notice I'm with you every day in the gym when I'm on the treadmill and the likes, and so... Uh really nice to see you because I only listen to you then. So this is real a treat for me. <laughs> Man, you, Randy, you're making me blush. I love it. We have, we have a guest that's an avid listener. So I love that. Thank you so much for that. It's exciting to have you here. If you could really just introduce yourself to the audience, let them know your story, what you've been up to in your life, what's led you up to really implementing the story brand type material for companies and just give us kind of a clip of, I, I call it the 30,000 foot view of your life. Well, as you can tell by my image here, I'm not a young guy. Oh. So I've been around probably twice as long as you guys, believe <laughs> it or not. I don't believe that for a minute. And so, you know, back in my day, Windows didn't even exist, <laughs> if you can believe that. Microsoft, Steve Jobs, they were just infants when I got started. But I started, uh, I had, I went to college and I had a couple of degrees and then I went off into the sales world with oil companies and um, it wasn't very personal. So I got into the insurance industry, and uh, I started my own agency and did that for four or five years, then sold it. And then I got into the financial planning area, and uh, that was pretty exciting. I got to work with some very interesting people around the country, very high net worth individuals. And then I, I, we started a, a charity called Philanthropy International, and I became the director of plan giving. And I was working with nonprofits all over the country, March of Dimes, uh, United Way, and others. And then 2008 hit. You guys know better than me what happened in 2008. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that had ripple effects throughout the economy. And nonprofits began saying, we need help. We don't need more information or knowledge. We need donors. Mm-hmm. Can you help us? So that was my cue to kind of leave one area and kind of segue into the marketing area. And so for the next two years, I probably read hundreds of books. And then I went to seminars. I went to masterminds. I did everything I could to become just fully uh, engaged in marketing. And then I really kind of fast forward to more recently. I read a book, um, Don Don Miller's uh, Building a Story Brand. It was absolutely captivating because it really kind of encapsulated everything I'd been learning. But he did it so simply and so easily And so I I went out to Nashville and spent time there and became certified and began sharing that with companies around the country. But there was parts of it that were missing. And when I say missing, it's not that Don left anything out, but he couldn't do everything in a single book. And his message essentially was, um, if you confuse, you'll lose. And noise is the enemy. Mm. 
And the easiest way to grow your business is to clarify your message. Well, the problem that I ran into was people were building these great messages, but they didn't have anybody to share it with. So they had beautiful websites with great messaging, but nobody was seeing it. Hmm. And so with the Beyond Story Brand said, well, what happens if you got a clear message, but now you want to grow your business, but you don't know who or what or where or how to talk to anybody? Hmm. So that's where I, I went the next step and said, let's talk about some of those things. Well, that's awesome. I mean, you talk about um, the story brand model and kind of this idea of if you confuse, you lose. So can you just kind of give us a quick rundown? I know there's there's actually kind of a, uh, a statement, I think, that Donald Miller creates that then gets broken down into seven steps. Can you kind of give us the overview of what those seven-step framework is and then how that would uh, – we'll, we'll kind of touch on a little bit of maybe the individual pieces uh, for a little bit. But what's that overview of the story brand framework. It goes back, really, if you think of thousands of years ago when when the Greeks didn't have anything written down and they'd sit in the amphitheater and they'd tell stories. Right. And people had to remember them, so they had to be engaged to remember them. And today, we kind of gotten away from that. We kind of go by formulas and words and certain things and keywords and expressions. And the idea of telling a captivating story has probably been lost by most people. So, the seven steps are really pretty simple. It starts out with a character. Um, he could be your client. So if, if you're a real estate agent, it could be the people you're talking to. If you're a financial planner, it could be the prospective investor, et cetera. And that character has a problem. And that problem is expressed in a couple of ways. And, and Luke, if I use you, for example, if I said right now you have a problem, your knee hurts. But that's just the physical problem. There's actually an emotional side to that that says, man, every time I get up, it hurts and I can't get over to my desk, so my work suffers. Mm. So that's probably a, another level of really what the problem is. And even beyond that, there's a philosophical the problem says, if I can't get my knee fixed, I can't go play with my kids. And if I can't play with my kids, I'm going to miss out. So I've got to solve this thing now. Now you're really touching so when on you're, my pain. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> So when you're going into somebody and people today say, what's your problem? You say, well, um, my knee hurts. They could give you a shot of cortisone. Um, but is that really going to address what really bugs you? And the answer to that is well, most times no. What you're really thinking is, yeah, but I really want to get with my kids. How can you help me do that? And so unless you're willing to go and figure out how to get down that deep, you miss an opportunity. Not that you couldn't solve a simple knee problem, but the real opportunity is when you can solve that philosophical problem for people. And that. that's one area. That's one area where you can set yourself apart in the marketplace. And one of the things kind of hidden behind story brand is the idea today that people say, well, everything is so competitive. You've got to learn how to set yourself apart. And how do you do that? Well, the easiest way people do is, well, I'll just build a bigger product or a better product. If I'm a hamburger company, I'll build a bigger, better hamburger. I'll put more stuff on it or a bigger bun or more bacon or more cheese. And that's how you become, you set yourself apart in the marketplace. Well, the problem is, is then everybody else starts putting bigger buns, more hamburger, more cheese, more bacon. <laughs> and suddenly you're marginalized once again. <laughs> yeah. And the only way you can compete is on price. Mm. And so there's a quick, a mass exodus to the bottom price and you think well, wait a minute that's not how it's supposed to work right so with story brand if you can take these things and not just learn them as steps but actually internalize them and say okay everybody and everything is going through a story there's a character in the story and there's a problem in the story and then there's introduced to a guide and think of a guide more like yoda and luke skywalker Yoda wasn't going through any trauma. Yoda was always calm. He always knew what to say and do. But Luke was up and down. He couldn't figure out what to do. But he'd always end up going back to the guide to kind of stabilize him and put things back in place. So in the story brand method, you're introduced to the guide. You and I want to be the guide. We don't want to be the hero. People don't really care what Randy Dickinson says or thinks. Yeah. The only thing you care about is how it relates to what you care about. If That's you powerful. care about knees, if you're talking about knees, you'll listen to me. If I start talking about handbags down here, it's, it's irrelevant to what you guys care about today, and you'll tune me out immediately. And people do that all the time on websites. Go look at websites of 
I mean, since you do a lot of real estate, look at the standard real estate website. It's going to tell you how long they've been in business, what their company name is, what their motto is, everything about them. And I'm coming to them with the problem that says, I need to sell my house in two days. Can you do it? <laughs> I got to wade through all those things to try to figure out, can they help? That's so true. So we want to be a guide. We want to guide them to solve the problem. So once the guide's introduced, then we introduce a plan. And this is where the clarity comes in from StoryBand. StoryBrand. If you confuse, you lose. So I can give you 28 steps of what happens when you buy a house or when you sell a house. And if you said, okay, step number one of 28 is, boy, you've lost me already. I'm not going to wait to hear 28 steps. So the plan is usually very simply three steps. You're going to do A, and then we're going to do B, and we're going to do C. The easiest way to grow your business is clarify your message. Now, you and I know there will be more things along the way. But when you're introducing, you've identified the problem, you've introduced yourself as the guide, and here's the plan. First off, we're going to meet. I'm going to ask you a few questions. Then I'm going to show you a few houses, and then I'm going to give you the keys. And the person can sit back and goes, oh, that sounds so simple. How do I get going on now? The next step of that guide is you need to um, – well, the guide himself, by the way, let me back up a step. One of the things the guide has to do is, is demonstrate he has some authority – and he has some empathy. And it doesn't require a lot. You know, people that have 58 uh, testimonials on their site, people don't read those. All they want to know is make sure somebody has clarified that, yeah, this guy is trustworthy. He's actually doing what he says. Mm -hmm. They may look at the name. They may read it. This is why a video testimony is more valuable than just words. A full name and an address is more valuable than just, you know, P. Dickinson or R. Dickinson and putting down California, because anybody can say that. Mm -hmm. And then saying something like, you know, Josh, I really appreciate what you're doing there in the marketing, because for the last 10 years, I had to do the exact same thing that you're going through today. Mm -hmm. And suddenly you're going, oh, okay. So now the guy, I'm relatable a little bit. Yep. And it's not, again, clarity, noise is the enemy. So we're not massively, we're not building huge sites. We're not building huge pages to say that. It's when you have a conversation with me and you ask me, you say, Randy, how long have you been doing this? If I say, well, I've been doing it 10 years for customers all over the country. That's probably sufficient for most people. So noise is the enemy. So once you've now identified that I'm the guy, that there's a plan, there's a problem we're going to solve, then there's a call to action. And the call to action is could be a direct call of action or an indirect call of action. On a website, the way that looks is click here to download your report or click here to schedule an appointment. An indirect call of action is maybe someone's not quite ready yet, and so you send them off where they can go watch a video somewhere. And so it's not a direct where they actually have to engage with the offer, but it's a step toward that offer. Right. So it's an indirect call to action at that point. Yeah, when you look and at it, the, not to cut you off, but it's interesting. I'm just listening to you go through this. And it's awesome. If you're, if you're kind of listening to what Randy's saying and then also remembering what he said in the beginning, how this these are age-old stories. I mean, you're basically building a character mm -hmm. arc. So you can't force someone to go off on a journey. You know, you can't force Frodo right. to go to Mount Mordor or Mount Doom or whatever. Was <laughs> Not it Mordor. Mordor? Mordor. I don't know. I think it was Mount Doom in Mount in Mordor. You, you, you can't. He doesn't start that way, <laughs> right? He starts. Right. He starts by kind of that that first step. Let's go to. Let's go find Strider at at the Pony Inn or whatever it is first. And so that's you really kind of what know you're your saying. Lord of the Rings stuff. I love nerd yeah, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what Randy's saying is he's building character development. They might not be ready to have right. a call yet but they're ready to watch a video. So I think that's important to kind of hear the audience because you don't always have to, as marketers and salespeople, I think we just want the sale. Let's, let's, you get, wanna, let's yeah, get to get the activity. Mount Doom immediately. Right, and this is, this is much more nuanced, which I just find very interesting listening to this. So once you've now got this call to action, there's gonna be two things that happen. It's either gonna result in success, and if you don't take action, it results in failure. That's a golden One of the things right that, there. And, and one of the interesting things in our world today along that line is you can choose to do anything, but you don't get to choose the consequences. And so when you're making a sales presentation, people need to realize there's a real consequence if you don't do business with me. And 
when I'm speaking to clients when they're talking and and you realize it's it, it sound it's it's there's a fine line between braggadocious and being truthful and honest. But I can tell you, you can work with a lot of other people and they can talk to you about a lot of these things. But no one can present to you the thinking that I'm going to present to you today. So you're more than willing and able to go talk to these other people. And if they're, they meet your needs, fine. But there's a cost if you don't work with me. And they need to be very, very clear what that is. It's kind of like when you go on the on the voice today and they're choosing. Do they choose um, Kelly Clarkson or do they choose John Legend? And they're debating back and forth and they're thinking, well, if I choose Kelly, I get this really hip chick. And if I go with John Legend, I get this voice and this skill set. And, oh, but if I don't go with him, then I'm going to miss out. And so that's the debate they have to go through. They understand mm. there's a cost. And a lot of times clients, you look at real estate agents, if you don't choose this one, well, I can just go get another one down the street. Right. People haven't really identified the cost of not working mm. with me. And sometimes it means there isn't one. They haven't identified it. And you can't, you can't proclaim what you don't know, what you don't have. So one of the internal things about this method is if you're going through this and you don't have good answers for this, boy, you're in a world of hurry. You better figure it out because the world isn't going to wait for you today. The audience is, I mean, there's so much knowledge going on today. If they don't need you, there's probably 500 other people that will compromise and sacrifice, do whatever they got to do to give them whatever they need. So if you don't have a compelling story, a compelling narrative here, you really, well, you've really got a tough road to hoe. On the other side of that is, what's the benefits? What are the what are the success stories if you choose to work with me? Not only that, Luke, not only are you going to get your leg fixed, not only are you going to walk better than you ever did before, but you're going to be able to run six-minute miles. You're going to spend time with your kids. You're going to be able to two kids, six one on minutes. each shoulder. You're going to take them to baseball games. You're going to, all of these things that you're looking for. And if I've done my work really well, and I understood the very beginning, the character of my client, what it is he wants, what he desires. And then I discovered his problem. But if I understand the beginning, then the success bucket is what they call it later on. will really relate to what he cares about. In other words, he's got concerns. You're relevant to what he cares about. And that is so critical. They don't care what I care about. They don't care what I can do. My offer needs to relate to what they care about. And then the final thing is what we call a um, Think of it as a, a, a progression. Today you're sitting here, I'm on a chair in pain, and tomorrow I can be with my kids on the ski slopes. Mm. That progression from here to here, that's the journey we want to take a client on, from pain to pleasure, from chair to ski slopes. And those are the simple steps. You've got a, you've got a client or you've got a character, he's got a problem, he meets a guide, you're the guide. You've got a plan with a call to action, and there's a success and a failure, and then there's a transition that has taken place from the beginning to the end. And the clearer you can make that, the more compelling you can make it by its simplicity, the more powerful it is. Man, that is amazing. I love that. I know Josh and I have talked many times. It's been a while since I've read the book about you know the story brand and just one of our struggles here at Reminder Media has been and maybe some people listening to this can relate, it's like when you have so many products and you have so many things you do and so many things you're passionate about, it's really, really hard to hone in your story to be clear and concise because you constantly want to just, it's like you said with the analogy I loved, which is you almost want to do the bigger burger thing. We got bigger buns, we got bigger fries, and everybody just starts doing that and then it basically devalues it and takes away your unique differentiator. So that's been a real struggle for us. So I'm curious, um, you know, just to pick your brain, when you go in to clarify people's stories for them, like how do you attack that like if I'm a real estate agent today and I go, man, I just love what I just heard in those steps. Like what's the first thing they should sit down and do and how should they attack it practically? And do you see this story playing out in writing, video, visually? Is it a little bit of everything? Can you give us a kind of a window into what a real estate agent should do right now to try to implement this? The answer to your question, yes, it affects every one of those things. When you go through this process, and if you buy the book, 
he takes you through the process. You can actually do this when you read the book. And you'll actually go through the character. You'll ask the questions. You'll learn. You'll go do the deep dive. But what you're going to do if you're a real estate agent, the first thing you're going to ask is, tell me a little bit. And if we were role playing it, I'd say, Luke, tell me a little bit about your client. Tell me about the people you do business with. What do they care about? Now, here's, here's a, a clue. If you don't know and you're going to tell me, well, most people care about um, the price. They care about uh, the condition of the house they're moving into. But you're telling me what most people, what you're not telling me is what the people are that you're working with. Hmm. You need to know the people, your audience. What do they care about? What are they doing? Um, do I get a, that I'm by, count- do, like, do you encourage people to the, like call their cl- past clients that they've worked with? to ask them what it, you know, what was it that you loved about working with me? Like, what if they can't come up with, I'm just sitting here thinking to myself, okay, if I'm doing this and I go, okay, I know my clients want a good price. I know they want, you know, a home that's in good condition, like the obvious things, like how do I dig in deeper? Is it just thinking about it more? Or is it like, do you encourage people to do surveys when they're doing this or how, how do they go about figuring that out? Most of the time, it's usually asking when you're in an open house, Hey, by the way, what interested you in this house? Why did you stop by here today? Why did you call the office? Um, you can go to groups and real estate groups and Facebook and see what kind of questions people are asking. Um, you can go to books on Amazon and you can see um, in the Q&As and the questions that they're asking, the kinds of details. If you go into a real estate book, for example, that'll give you a clue of the kinds of things people care about. Now, I realize if you're brand new starting out, you're not going to know the answers to this. So you're going to have to generalize. But the more, for example, if I live in Orange County, California, and there's a real estate agent down in San Clemente, and she focuses on San Clemente. Hmm. She knows everything about San Clemente. She knows that the people in San Clemente care about certain schools, certain shopping centers, the scores, certain traffic patterns, the time, you know, when the beaches, parks close, what the price of the parking lot. She knows all those things. So when she makes her offers, She's talking in something that if you were up in North Orange County where I live, you wouldn't be talking about those things. And if you did, you'd miss your audience. They wouldn't care. You'd be irrelevant. That makes sense? No, that makes perfect sense. And, you know, I've seen, obviously, one of the keys to marketing is obviously relevancy. Is it's got oh, to be re- it's got to be relevant to the individual that you're putting the message in front of. You're sending the gift to. It's one of the reasons why our product has worked so well because it's about relevancy that causes people to pay attention. Right? It's about getting their engagement, getting their attention, and then you hope that because you got their attention because of the relevancy, they then take action on the message that you're putting in front of yeah. them. So you know they basically you can you, you're saying hey look you got to figure out who you're actually working with and why. Then from there, they go through painting this picture of, you know, determining who this person is. And then how do I develop? Because I'm thinking to myself, like, how do I develop me as the guy? Is that like features? Like, here's what I do for clients that other people don't. Do you see it as like, I need to create on my website a story of a client that I worked with in the past and this was the pain that they had and I solved it? Like, how do I position myself as the guy? There's, there's layers on that. But fundamentally, what you're going to do, and I mentioned um, a one-liner concept. Um, and a one-liner concept is something that some people call it an elevator speech and and there's three parts to a one liner. And this begins to initiate you as a guide. If you and I were sitting down and you said, uh, you know, Randy, what do you do? In fact, I did this with a real estate agent not too long ago. I said, what do you do? And he said, I'm a real estate agent. (laughs) And I said, Oh, in my mind, I'm thinking I have a narrative that runs when you say you're a real estate agent. Mm. It means, well, you're going to help me buy or sell a house. I'm not interested in buying or selling a house right now, so you're of no value to me. Mm. If you said, I run a magazine company, uh, hmm, I don't buy magazines anymore, read them online, I'm not interested in you. Yep. So you're not, you're not obviously positioning yourself as a guide then at all. Man, that's so to good. position yourself so as a guide, what you're going to do, you're going to start by stating a problem. You know, you know, Luke, there's people today that don't have a clue what to say when they open up a meeting. 
we put together a process and a program that lays out exactly what to say so you can focus on what to say and have a great meeting. I presented a problem. I told you what we do to fix it. And I told you how you're going to feel afterwards. That begins to position me as a guide. When you're going through this process, the seven steps, you're actually creating, We you take each of those steps and think of it as a sentence in each one of those steps. And then when you're all done, you put them all together and you have a 14 sentence brand script mm. of how you go from um, customer, client, character, all the way through to success at the end. It just weaves it through. So when you go to your website, it weaves through your website. When you go through your emails, it weaves through your emails. The problem that you identified, that philosophical problem, or at least the internal problem, that shows up on your website. It shows up in your emails. If you were to give a keynote speech, it shows up there. If I stand up in front of an audience, people don't really care who I am. But if I announce the problem, I'll get everybody's attention before they ever hear who I am. When I was talking to this real estate agent, and he said, I'm a realtor, I said, can you imagine how much better it would have been if I just said, what do you do? And he goes, well, you know, Randy, there's people today that have amassed millions of dollars, not millions, hundreds of thousands of dollars of student debt. And did you know that if they handle loans improperly, they handle that debt improperly, they may never be able to buy a house? We have a process to solve that problem. And I just looked at and I, he just looked at me and he said, you do? And I said, no, no, <laughs> I don't. That's so awesome. That is so great. I don't. Uh, but imagine now, suddenly, the narrative that he had about being a real estate agent doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Suddenly, I'm now a guy that solves the problem. He goes, you know what? I don't have any debt. My kid does. My brother-in-law does. My sister's brother does. Whoever it is. Suddenly, all of a sudden, his mind is open up to possibility because now you created an opportunity for him to take advantage of versus just a static narrative that says, I sell houses. So when you're going through and working this, we, in StoryBrand, when you go through the book or with a guide, you literally have an opportunity to build that messaging out in such a way that it doesn't become trite or static. You, you'd never, ever say, you know, yeah, I'm a, I'm a marketer. I mean, what does that mean even? And if I let you, I, you define what a marketer is, if you're wrong, then I'm out of, you know, out of, out of luck. I don't, right. I don't get the sale. I don't make the business. Don't get the business. So, and what's interesting about that, and this is kind of goes the beyond story brand today in the marketplace, people listen to all the noise and they give credence to people that they've never hired, that they, they don't pay them. That people don't pay them for it. Um, you can't fire those people that you listen to. Um, they don't, you have no ability to invoke a consequence that they care about. And yet people listen to those people all the time. Mm. And then people are thinking that, um, look at whether it's presidential politics or not, people have narratives they listen to. And unless you come up and can introduce something that flows with them, stories flow. I don't know if you guys ever watch a Hallmark movie. I can tell you in a Hallmark movie what happens at the one hour mark, the one hour 34 <laughs> Josh mark, loves the one Hallmark hour 42 mark. I feel that, Randy. I, I feel that. <laughs> I know. You know what's going to happen. The last eight minutes, it's, you know it's going to wrap up in eight minutes. Yep. The big problem is going to hit at 141. Well, in life, when people start listening to you as a guide, you start presenting the story in a, in a method they hear about. They're used to seeing Here's a problem on TV. Take NCIS. There's an opening scene. Then there's a character. He's introduced. Then there's a problem. It's either a body or something goes on. <laughs> then they have to go through up. Someone else comes along, whether it's Gibbs or whoever. They're the guy that kind of coach everybody along the way. And at the end, you know, there's a call. They got to do something. Then there's a success or a failure. And then the denouement or the, you know, the final culmination at the end. And it all wraps up in an hour. Hmm. So you and I go out there and we t sit down with someone we want to sell them. And we start giving them this 28-page letter about how you're going to do business with me and so on and so forth. And you go, whoa, whoa, whoa. It, it just doesn't resonate. It's not relevant. The word relevant, I think of a very specific de definition of relevant. It means it's a consistent with the future that I care about. Oh, that's so, so good. You, that is such good. a golden nugget. If you don't know the future they care about, how can you be relevant? Wow. <laughs> Drop the mic. That is so good, man. Yeah, it's spot on.
You've probably heard the term growth hacking, but what does it mean? Simply put, it's about growing your business in a huge way in not so huge amount of time. It's been a way of life for Twitter and other tech companies who've used it for huge success. But while growth hacking isn't some magic formula that will work for all businesses, you can use some of these methods to create scalable growth in your business. To learn more, go to ReminderMedia.com slash growth hacking and download our Relationship Marketer's Guide to Growth Hacking. That's ReminderMedia.com slash growth hacking. Don't wait. Take action on this today. There's the nuance of learning the steps. But if you really want to set yourself apart in business, don't just learn the steps. Learn how to internalize it. I wrote down something before I came down here. I said, knowledge is the capacity to produce a situation. Information just fills your head. So if you're going out there and talking with people and all you're doing is projecting information or giving them more and more information, that doesn't lead them anywhere. Mm. Knowledge produces a situation. So when you're becoming a guide, you're internalizing, thinking these people are going through steps. I'm going through steps. The mortgage broker's going through steps. And the more clarity you can bring to all those steps, they're going to say, man, no one's ever talked to me like that before. I've never heard that from anybody yeah. before. Where'd you learn that? And suddenly now you don't have to be, you don't have to have a bigger bun, more bacon or more cheese. You've got the capacity to think in a way that no one else does. Uh, let me give you another example of that. If people talk today and say you have to provide value, Right, You give, give value first before you talk about your offer, before you collect money when you're doing a website. You give something away free. Give value. Make it valuable. So my question is, is what is value? Mm-hmm. What is it? When is something valuable? How do you decide if something is valuable? Mm-hmm. And I've asked countless numbers of people all over the country, and, and they don't have an answer. They define it. Well, you know, something's valuable if it's important. Well, define <laughs> important. You know, and, and people just don't know. And so what's what happens in the marketplace today is people say the same kinds of things. And when you say the same kinds of things, then you're common. And once you're common, it means, well, I can get that same kind of thing from somebody else. Right. And if I can get it from somebody else, now the question is, well, wait a minute. You're charging 4%. Maybe he'll charge 3%. Right. Well, that guy will charge 2% over there, and there's no difference between you guys, so I'm taking the 2%. Mm. What are some... What are some big brands so people can kind of relate or, or or have a picture or an idea of what you're talking? Like, what are some brands that are doing that really well? This idea of not just making a bigger bun or adding more bacon. I, like, I would think Apple used to do that well. They kind of were used able to, to do it really well. Tell a story, and now they've they've uh, switched to more just right. faster processors, seen... bigger screens. You know, they've gone more feature driven. There's an incredible video, you bring up Apple, yeah. that I think everybody should watch. It's on YouTube. It's about um, basically a him think different campaign. Mm-hmm. Have you watched this? It's like a seven-minute video, and he talks about marketing, and he talks about how you know we aren't here to try to say we have the fastest processors, megahertz, all this stuff. And he's like, Nike doesn't compare themselves to Reebok and go, we have better soles of our shoes. Right, right? right. They empower athletes. Apple, he talks about, which is amazing, he said, we want to basically lift up and uphold people who think differently. And then they run the ad. That's a teaser for the ad. Go watch the ad. It's incredible. Like, because they just, they showcase great people of this, you know, age, and it's amazing. So they've done it incredibly well. Do you see any today, Mm -hmm. kind of, that are are really leading in that way? Dave Ramsey. Oh, Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, the financial guru. Um, and he, he was doing incredibly well before he ever did StoryBrand. And then he changed his thinking going through it. Mm-hmm. And his, you know, I don't know if his business went up 4X or 10X, but it multiplied usually. Uh, Michael Hyatt's another one. Uh, AutoNation is somebody that took the idea of there's a problem. Imagine going to a cocktail party and saying, what do you do? You know how people hate buying used cars from salesmen? you got to walk in the lot and all of a sudden 28 people descend on you. And you want to say, no, 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 I'm just looking. And then they kind of say, well, here's my card. If you have any questions, you know, how many times have you heard that? Mm-hmm. And this guy at the party says, you know how most people hate that? Well, we, we figured out a way to eliminate the hassle. You come into our place and you don't ever see a salesman. You go, whoa. That's so good. I'll take that. Seriously. Yeah, <laughs> really. Who wouldn't take that? <laughs> and, you know, there's one of, the, one of the great things that you and I can do, and it can be in the real estate market, 
Um, and I'm, I've never been a realtor. I've obviously been in the financial services world a lot, but I've never been a realtor. But I'm always amazed when um, I walk around and I see the for sale by owner signs. Right. And I know the jargon that you all call them and things like that. <laughs> and uh, I've gone up to them since I've done marketing. and I said, how's that going for you? And they go, well, it's a lot harder than I thought it was. And I'll say, um, do many realtors ever call you to ask you if they can help you? They go, no. So why would they call me? Because I'm competing against them. And I'm sitting here saying, oh, my gosh. So I've told some realtors. And I've given talks to the Realtor Association here in Orange County to 300 or so realtors. And I've given the idea. I said, you know what? I know you guys talk about doing it, but no one does it. Just go knock on the door of that guy here. Don't call him on the phone. Just knock on his door and say, hey, I noticed your sign. How's it going? Is there anything I can do to help you? Mm. Now, don't do the things that would cost you a lot of -of out-of-pocket money, but offer them. Because you know that probably seven out of ten of those people aren't going to sell their home. And if they want to sell their home, they're going to need help later. Why not go back to somebody that's helped them? And it's a whole lot easier than doing that 2,000 times than handing out 2,000 cards and putting them in the screen door that when I get them, they go in a drawer, and I still haven't ever called one. Right. But if somebody... Some, if I knew some guy went to my neighbor and said that, yeah, I, I had a realtor stop by and he's going to help me sell my house. And I'd say, what do you mean? I thought you were sent up by yourself. Yeah, but he came by to help me. Mm. So now I got somebody else becoming my salesman, t- telling my story about me as a realtor, even though it's not relevant to what this guy cares about. But now it's circulating in the marketplace. So becoming a guide, if I'm going back to that again, is understanding the future your people care about. The guy that's a FISBO, he cares about selling his house. You're in the business of helping people sell a house. Help them sell his house. Because 7 out of 10 of those people are going to need you later on. Maybe the buyer will find out that you helped, and maybe he's got. You just don't know where it ends. And if you're going to compete in a marketplace, and I don't know how many realtors there are, but you've got to think differently than everybody else. If you're thinking the same way, then you're going to be marginalized and you're only going to compete on price right you can't change the houses you can't change it can't change the loan rates everybody's got the same ones so you've got to think differently than everybody else and you're the thing that you can do like you and i are sitting down here i can think differently than someone else that's going to walk and sit in this desk and if i can convince you that whoa randy does think differently he does have distinctions he's got language that no one else uses i think i'm going to talk with him some more that's what you want to do in a real estate conversation. You know, Josh, Luke, they speak differently about selling a house. I've never heard someone frame it in that way before. When I, when I mentioned to you a second ago the idea of uh, knowledge produces a situation, think of something when you're dealing in real estate and you've got a um, – these people have a particular care, and then you come along with an idea of something they can do. If they have a care and you have an idea – and it's relevant, and they overlap. Think of two circles overlapping. Then that little center area there where they're overlapping, that's the real meaning of what you're doing. The more your care with the action you're presenting overlaps, the more meaning there is. What a lot of people do is they have, they don't know what that care is, and so they present some action that the guy can do, <laughs> and they just barely touch. Right. Hmm. They barely touch. There's not much overlap. There's very little meaning there. And then some people say, oh, yeah, I'm looking for a house over here. Well, we got this really big house over here. There's no touching at all. There's no meaning at all. It's yeah, not it's relevant so to what true. they care about. And people don't know why. I'm not selling many houses. And that new guy, he doesn't know half of what I know. But why is he selling so many houses? And sometimes he doesn't know. It's that he's learned how to become very meaningful to the people he's serving. Becoming a good guy means guide means you know your you know your audience and Every business tells you, you got to know your avatar. Who's your ideal client? Right. It's so repetitive. It sounds, oh, I don't want to go through that again. But if you do, like the lady in San Clemente, she makes a huge living because she knows what her clients want. Man. She knows the problems they want to solve. That's so good. It's true, in, it's, it's true in your office. You know, you're making offers to your staff every day. And if you don't make a relevant offer and someone else outside you makes a better offer, got more marginal utility, more pluses to it. Yep. They're going to weigh those two and say, this is better out here. If it's equal, well, they'll probably just stay with you. So you have to keep making better offers to your employees to keep them interested in working with you. Same is true in the marketplace with realtors, with financial planners. 
you've got to make better offers to keep your people working with you. Yep. No, I love that. Being a guide is a great tool. Yep, I think think you're spot on. It is really about connecting with where that person is at. And Tony Robbins, uh, I remember him framing it up at one of his conferences that I was at. It's like, find out your clients or potential clients, you know, greatest pain point or greatest desire, then create an irresistible offer, basically, is the idea. It's really understanding how can I help this client and when you can do that and really strike on that relevancy, that's when it really turns into, obviously, tons of business, but more importantly, it turns into the referrals, the repeat business. So give us a taste now, because uh, we don't have much time left, but man, it's just been amazing kind of hearing your, you know, how you've kind of laid out the story brand. It makes me want to go through it with Reminder Media. <laughs> Dude, every time we talk about it, I just it, go, look at the holy crap, we got to go, go through, through this. this with Reminder Media. I mean, it's just amazing just hearing it out. This, this podcast has been amazing. But tell us a little bit about Beyond Story Brand. You know, just give us a taste of what that is because you walk people through this whole Story Brand framework and then you take them beyond. And, and what does that look like? Give us a little taste of that. Trust. What is, people say you got to know, like, and trust somebody. Mm. Well, what is trust? How do you define that? Mm. And if you can't define it, then you can't create it. And I can give you a simple definition of trust that's so profound, but yet it's so simple. Trust is an assessment that you, that I make about you that I can trust what you're going to do in the future as it relates to something I care about. Yeah. I, I, I can make an assessment that I know what you're going to do in the future as it relates to something I care about. Well, if that's what trust is, it means, okay, I know what you're going to do. Then there's a number of things, and I don't have time to go through this, but there's some simple things that you do, we do every day to break trust, and we don't realize it, and we wonder why people aren't resonating with us because we've broken trust and we don't know it because we never understood what it was. Another area that's really quick then was one about seduction. You need to learn how, we, we need to learn how to be seductive in our business. In, in the physical world today, seduction has to do nothing to do with sex. It's the idea that there's a positive possibility for me in the future. Mm. It's way out there somewhere, but I believe it's going to happen. So in business, when you want to be seductive, how do you seduce your clients to believe, if I work with Randy, there, there's an assessment I'm making that there's a positive possibility for me in the future with him. Yeah. And if I learn, if I learn the skills to do that, and everybody else is throwing around the normal stuff that they do in the real estate world, but I'm seducing them and believe that client believes there's a positive possibility for me in the future, I'm going to win the majority of those clients. So it's a skill set that I can learn. So beyond story brand says, once you have the guide, once you've got the story, then how do you begin thinking to implement that with people that are, are real live people with real live problems that are used to all the noise and now you want to stand out? So I don't have to build the burgers, the buns, the cheese, and the bacon. I can stand out by making distinctions. And I can teach someone how to make those distinctions, how you can actually build trust where someone else can't because you understand the dynamics, the foundations of what trust is. It's not complicated. Mm. It's just we've never been taught those things. We've never been exposed to those things. And so when you hear them, it suddenly goes, oh, I get it now because it's not hard. So that's what the Beyond Story brand is. It's beyond just taking a simple story, but saying life exists in stories. Life exists in language. In fact, one here's a great tip if I can give you one. When you're inventing something and you're creating something then, and you want to call it like a, the um, reminder media method, don't do that. Don't call it the reminder media method. Call it, we're going to do something called knee bracing. <laughs> and someone goes, what in the heck is knee bracing? Now they are an open book for you to go in and create the narrative. You get to create the offer, the relevance, the value, mm. everything about it. If someone else then says, okay, well, I'm going to think about that. And they go to another media company and say, hey, can you guys do knee bracing? They're going to go, well, what is that? Well, Luke and Josh do that over there. Can you do it? Well, I don't know what it is. What is it? Okay, if you can't do it, I'm going. So now you've got this place in a marketplace yeah, that awesome. no one can offer what you did. Because you invented in language something that has never existed before, and you then created the narrative. So story brand is the first step. It follows the standard narrative. And then I'm saying, let's go beyond that. Let's create narratives that no one's ever heard before that. that are powerful because they address relevancy and the needs of people. 
That would be an amazing tool in a listing presentation uh, for a real estate agent to walk through some, what's, what they've created because everybody, well, I shouldn't say everybody, but a lot of us have experienced where the next realtor, realtor's coming behind you with their own listing presentation they're about to do. And they tend, nine times out of 10, they do the same exact thing. They, they all say the same exact thing. I'm going to put it on the MLS. I'm going to advertise it on Zillow. I'm going to do an open house. I'm going to put a yard sign in the yard, and there's I'm nothing. I'm going to do knee bracing for yeah, you. Yeah, knee bracing. There you go. Like, I mean, well, you well, see how it immediately could separate amazing. you. It immediately could separate you and differentiate you. And then it all comes down to it's what you said. It's the brand. It's the only thing yeah. that separates you from your competition is your brand. It's what's unique and different about you and how you frame up things and how you speak about things. It's the one thing that you have. Yeah. Yeah, is your brand. It's amazing. Yeah. And then you could take that to your mortgage loan people or your loan officers and say, hey, I've got this new knee bracing. Do you want to partner with me? <clears throat> now they get to partner with a unique opportunity as well. And Which in their world, suddenly they it. see you. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Dude, that's so good. Randy, man, you've been amazing. It's a shame we're out of time. Like it is, I'm just, yeah, blown away, man. It's just your knowledge, everything you've expressed. I'd encourage everybody to go back and listen to this. But I want to ask you this last question because I'm really curious what you're going to say is knowing what you know now, right? You look back at your life and where you, you, you've made it. What would you go back and tell younger Randy? Like what piece of advice would you give that kid when it comes to their life and, you know, call it success or what they should avoid or what they should dig more into? What piece of advice would you give? If I could, if I could go back to Randy when he graduated from college and I would say, Randy, when you get older, there's going to be so much information around you. If you can think, not just learn it, but if you can think in such a way as to how could I use that to actually solve a problem, mm. I'd have been so far ahead. People today use a computer and they do computing things on it and they do uh, programs on it. They do word processing on it. They use the computer for its own utility. But imagine those people, and you can think of some off the top of my head, that suddenly said, wait a minute, what if this little device here could be used to actually solve a concern that we have? And suddenly we had the iPhones, and you had the iPads, then you had the AirPods. Suddenly these little devices, someone said, let's take this and actually solve a problem with it rather than just use it. Mm. So if I could have done that, I would have been so far ahead if I would have realized that technology was coming and if I would have just been thinking about how to use it to solve a problem rather than just enjoy it sitting there watching Netflix or things like that but actually yes. solving problems oh, so much of our lives yeah. we just literally just go through life using the utilities it's almost like yeah. when you said like one of the most powerful things you even said on this podcast it doesn't even have to relate to story brand as much as it is just words have meaning and when we say words like trust they mean something and understanding definitions and understanding what a word means directs the action. Right, the result. And, oh, the result. Like, yeah. I mean, it's just like, it's so powerful. And so many of us, we just, whether it's the piece of software, we just use it as utility or we just say these acronyms, these words with no correlation to what does this actually mean? Because that's going to actually direct your action and ultimately your results. So, amazing. Great, Absolutely. great. Thanks so Absolutely. much for being here, Randy. I know um, you talked a little bit about this idea of building a one-liner, and Randy's actually generous enough. We're going to offer up an exercise for how to build your one-liner. We're going to put that in the show notes of the podcast. It's awesome. Um, but before we close out, let people know where they can find you, what your what your contact info is, what your website is, social media, whatever. Well, if you go to bullseyer.com slash one-liner, you'll have a chance to actually pick up that. Uh, it's a one-page cheat sheet. It walks you through. And there's a video that follows that that actually guides you through it um, in creating that. So when someone says, what do you do? You'll never make that mistake ever again. And you'll put yourself in a unique situation. Um, that's probably the easiest way to get a hold of me. Awesome. Uh, Impact Thinking is coming up with some new things in December. Um, and it gets more into this realm of thinking and becoming unique from a thinking standpoint. And that'll that. be at impactthinking.com. I love that. You can also yeah. find those links on our show notes at staypaidpodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening to dive deeper into this episode. And to get all the resources like we mentioned, please, like I said, head over to staypaidpodcast.com. You can also check us out on Instagram. We are at staypaidpodcast. You can also find our videos over there on staypaidpodcast.com. If you're interested in supporting the show, there's two ways that we ask you to do that. 
Number one, Luke, what is it? Money. Oh, sorry. I meant, I meant, I meant reviews. Share it with a friend. I, I meant, yeah. No, share it. Yeah, five stars. <laughs> yeah, Go rate us five stars yeah. on iTunes and leave us a comment. That helps us move the charts. The best way Luke said this one, too, is to tell a friend and share on social media. Look, we talked about becoming a guide today for the people in your yes. lives. Be a guide for someone. <laughs> <laughs> and tell them about guide them of how to write uh, a state guide them how review. to subscribe just imagine <laughs> you just taught them a new skill not only not only did you teach them how to subscribe to all of this free amazing content that's out there on the internet mm -hmm. but you hooked them up with the best show to begin with stay mm -hmm. paid freaking love it if you'd like to get hold of me or luke please email us at podcast at remindermedia.com or like i said you can <clears> find <throat> us on instagram and of course, you can check out Reminder Media on social media. We are at Reminder Media on every single platform that's ever been invented except for TikTok. For this episode of Stay Paid, I'm Joshua Stike. Mm, and I'm Luke Acre. Guys, please, please, don't just be a hearer. Man, do yeah, yeah, yeah. some of these things. Do some of these things. Don't just hear this. Hashtag you gotta, don't be a hearer. Yeah, don't be a hearer. Like you got to take that you know, information that's been poured into your brain right now and you gotta put it into action. That's the real key and the action item for this, I mean there's so much gold, or so many golden nuggets throughout this podcast, but I would encourage all of you to do this one-liner exercise because the, one of the most powerful things that stood out to me in this podcast was this idea of the narrative and how people already have a preconditioned narrative and when you hand them over control of what the narrative is. You've literally handed your business over to the mercy of that person's narrative, where you have the ability now to change that and really put out the narrative that you want. And I think that's so powerful. It convicts me and makes me go, man, Reminder Media's narrative. What are we causing people to think on our phone calls? What are we causing them to think in our emails? All those things. So I would encourage you, do the one-liner and exercise. Take action on this. Remember, the difference between a top producer and a mediocre producer in any business is top producers don't just get the information in their head, they use that information, they turn it into knowledge to create a situation to take action on it to change their business. So take action on that today.